already. See now. <laughs> okay, also, another note. No, that's how it starts. That's how it starts. No, <laughs> no. You gotta stop interrupting me every single time. No, tell, tell me this is how it starts. All right, go ahead. Pete, you want to do the intro? No, no. We're, sorry, we're already recording. Our listeners are already hearing, to, uh, hearing us talk right now. So you might as well explain what's going on. Uh, this is the episode when Pete gets fired. Um, <laughs> welcome to Too Young for This Shit, an adolescence addicted to action Today, I, as you've heard, am joined by my co-host, Peter Leon, Hello. but also we have a very special guest, uh, film critic, uh, musician, and uh, amateur vigilante crime stopper. I've seen him <laughs> almost stop a crime, which wasn't a real crime, it turned out, but he was there. He was ready to go. Uh, you tried to Mr. stop it as much as I did. Chris, Chris Jensen. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I can give no information on that story. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, we were just having like lunch or something in Harvard Square, and uh, we saw what they didn't explain it very well. They assured us that everything was okay, but I was, I, I wasn't. Were we being filmed? So you think we allowed a crime to happen by we almost stopped and then we just didn't do the the, the important no, part. Both perpetrator and uh, and perpetrate were mm-hmm. uh, the the the. And perpetrated, the be per- perpetrated. Uh, they were both of them came to us and said it was fine. And then there were some other people too. Like th- somebody's bag got stolen, right. and then we we ran. You shouted really loudly. Uh, you're like, "Hey!" And <laughs> then like everybody's like, "No, it's fine. Thanks for doing that." <laughs> and we're like, and then okay. and we just <laughs> like that's, that's the doing story. A play. Th- I'm as lost were- as the listeners. Yeah, I thought they were rehearsing a play or something like that. I will say this. Uh, Peter Leon is a, a large gentleman, and so is Chris. And I um, am very brave when I'm with a larger man. I feel like I'll get into <laughs> a lot of shit that I wouldn't normally get into. So I like the film Die Hard because... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Pete, don't you have a story about... No. Okay, so today we're talking about Die Hard, which is easily one of the best action films ever made i think that's pretty safe to say jealous yes. oh, yeah, oh yeah for sure okay and so I'm, I'm gonna start off with you know we're talking about a lot of the movies we watched uh growing up you know kind of movies that for better or worse shaped us um let's start with the guest chris do you remember the first time you saw die hard um what so no but it was definitely pain and scan that's gotcha. re- really as much as I can define it. I don't know if it was a VHS. I don't know if it was a HBO, but I do remember the first time I saw it widescreen thinking, I didn't know that happened. And <laughs> that's, I think that's specific to our generation that we experienced oh, yeah. it that way. The only detail I can give is that it was pan and scan the first time I saw it. I feel the same way about Jaws. When I saw Jaws finally, like the way it's supposed to be, it's like, holy shit, it's beautiful. Like, I mean, I had no idea. Mm hmm. Peter. Yes. So Die Hard, man. Okay, so um, I'm 39. Pete's 37. Is that correct? That's correct. Chris, you are 39 as well? Uh, Give me a second. You I'm guys that are old. old as fuck. <laughs> it was two years, huh? 1983. Yeah. So 38. Fuck, man. I'm the oldest? Oh, that sucks. Anyways. Wait, no. I, I'm th- I will be 38 in May. I'm 37. <laughs> I did the math. <laughs> This is taking up entirely too much time already, but okay, <laughs> Pete, <laughs> when, when did you first see Die Hard? 
Uh, I mean, I don't remember the exact date, but it was definitely after I was allowed to watch R-rated films. Uh, my mom suggested it. She It was one of her uh, favorite Christmas movies. So we watched it as a family, as a Christmas movie. So we're talking like 25, 26? Exactly. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Hey, good. Right that's, around that's, then. I was a wee little kid. That's I remember that. I don't know exactly how old I was. So I, I, I'm going to assume we all liked it then and we liked it now. Um, I just rewatched mm-hmm. it for, I don't know, I've, I've probably seen it maybe 10 times or more. I thought What? It was, yeah. You, you've only seen it 10 times? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that's pretty good for me. Like, I'm actually, uh, I'll rewatch certain things a lot, but other things, I'm like, I got to be in the mood. But Die Hard, I think it's like 10, maybe a dozen. That's crazy. I've, what, are you, I've, what are you at? I have, it has to be a, a hundred. At least. No way. Fuck that. I watch it. I I watch it, especially when I was younger, I watched it all the time, but I at least watch it like three times a year, I'd say. And yet you told me you were going to rewatch it for this podcast, right? No, I said I wasn't going to. That's what I'm saying. You you were not going to watch it. (laughs) I just watched it. Chris, how many times have you seen Die Hard, do you think? Um, Probably once a year since the first time I saw it. Um, Shit. Okay. Yeah. So I guess you don't really like action films, Tony. I don't know if I do so much. I don't know. Although, I mean, this is really a stirring family drama at its heart. I mean, there's some action in it, but I don't know. Yeah. So you gave me some bullet points of what we're going to talk about. And just right off the bat, I have a couple of questions about these bullet points. I won't should allow we get that. To, should, we, should we get to that later? No, no. Give, give me some bullet points questions. Just some questions. What do you got? <laughs> Well, one of the bullet point questions was, what did you not understand as a kid? And I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? Like, I don't feel like there was too much to, like, unpack in this film. I feel like I got everything, right? Chris, do you have an answer to that question? I do have an answer to that question. Um, and uh, what it relates to... <laughs> um, no, I mean, I understood the point is that everybody's stupid except Gruber, except but he's too much of an egomaniac to not oh, see oops. where his plan fails. His plan's great, but he's right. flawed. Um, so what I didn't understand when I was a kid, I always like, ah, Ellis, why are you talking again? You know, the, 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 the beard cocaine guy. Oh, I love him. I like, I just, yeah, I, I didn't think I was like, no, Bruce Willis is the good guy here. Shut up. Why are you doing that? And now as a grown up, I know that guy. So I, I have a different understanding when I see those scenes, I totally believe that somebody would be that smarmy, especially in the, you know, in in the eighties, that that's like a picture of the eighties to me. Um, so take that guy, remove thirty years, and boom, there's Ellis. Uh, also, I, I, I responded differently to Theo. Um, I sort of resented cartooniness in. I was I was a I was a pretentious kid, <laughs> but I was like, you're you're too. I'm watching Die Hard, which is like a guy jumps off a roof and he's fine. Um, but I was like, this time I was like, yeah. Everything Theo did, like the movie needed him. He's he's the guy who's like trying to open the locks, the tech guy when he starts humming and kicking the computers. I'm like, yeah, what did I not like about this character? Oh, I love Theo. Yeah, I was gonna say, I, 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 Theo is. Uh, I could go. I could go five more minutes of Theo and maybe two more minutes of Cocaine Guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think actually Theo was gonna get killed earlier in the film, and the director was like, no, he's 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 fun. He'll we'll stick around. Good choice. Well, he he doesn't die at all, right? No, I think he right, gets he knocked just, out by um, um Argyle, yeah. the, the limo dude, right? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So Theo, Theo lifts. Dude, Theo, Theo sequel, I'm in. Mm. <laughs> Is he the only okay. one that lives? Um, hmm. He must be. 
I think when I yeah. was a kid, actually, I did the math, but I don't remember because there was a few like unnamed henchmen right. that I don't recall seeing get killed off screen. But off the top of my head, I don't remember. But I remember when I was a kid, I did the math. How cool it would be if you watched it and then when the hostages are getting uh, walking away in the background, there's, a, there's one of the terrorists. It's like no one knows about it. It's in the background of the scene. It's never mentioned. He just gets away. <laughs> right. I would love it. So let's, let's go back to the crew. The crew, okay, I think this is one of my favorite uh, bad guy crews. And I think that uh, the director, John McTiernan, this in Predator, he's really good at groups. He's really good at um, giving you just a, just enough for each character to make them make you give a shit about them and give them a little personality. And so I, like, honestly, if this crew would have won, like killed Bruce Wells, I kind of would have been okay with it. I really like Hans. I really like, I like, his, I like the, the teams assembled. Do you guys have any particular favorite members of the crew? Well, I don't know if I have any favorite members, but I always wondered, like, was was Hans, like, a globetrotter? Did he, like, travel the world to assemble this team? Because it seems weird. Like, <laughs> like, like, what's the, like, where are they from? Where is he from? He's German, I believe. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then well, what's with this team? Did he, like, travel the globe, different parts of the world? To assemble I believe, it, I believe airplane travel has been available from the 1988. <laughs> the plane at the very beginning of the film, kind of. It's just weird because he's got like a, a couple of Germans. Like I wonder if those right. are his like number one and number two guys. And then after that, we got like American, Asian, maybe possibly the Asian guy that you love. Like he actually never yeah. speaks, so we don't really know. Like he he's probably American, he but can, yeah, totally. It just seems like an oddball pick of like characters. I have, I have a personal theory why they did this, but okay. uh, what, what, what do you think, Chris? About why they did that, or my favorite character, or my okay, favorite real crew quick, member? Why, do you think Do you think there's a reason why they went for an international group of bad guys? Uh, or just the, for, for the hell of it? Well, so he's in this paramilitary organization that he gets kicked out of. I assume he has done arms deal all, deals all over. He knows, like, yeah, that guy will sign up for this job, or such and such bodyguard like he knows who will just take the job and he needs people who will be good at the job but not ask questions Mm. and i have a feeling that a lot of his former associates would ask too many questions so he went with the the yeah okay pay me and i'll be there those types so he went with theo because theo's down he just wants to get paid (laughs) yeah (laughs) i want to know where he met theo that's the story Theo is a good question because i'm like is Mm -hmm. he have military background at all he seems totally cool people can shot i mean he has no problem but yeah and they do allude to previous conversations that they had like they show up theo said he like knows where the plan is going to go wrong in uh you know in picking the lock that he's that's always sort of in the back of his mind he's doing his job up until then actually yeah they have a previous relationship another character beat with theo i love him in uh ballet uh thor doing the, the bet about whether Hans is going to shoot um, the boss or not. Yeah. Cause like they, they, I'm sure they've done this like five times and Hans probably ends up shooting the guy every time. Mm-hmm. Love that. That, um, that so was my the personal first time. That, Sorry, go ahead. What's that? Well, I just, this walk, this time watching was the first time I ever caught that when they, when oh, he really? shoots, he shoots the guy and passes off the money. Like I'd never oh. seen that before. Oh, I love it. Yeah. It's, I, I, I always thought that was a kind of a funny little bit, but, um, my personal theory, the reason why they went international is like, it's it's just interesting, but also, you know, this way they don't have to, it's kind of like, 
they're not going to piss off any particular country by saying they, these guys are the evil Russians or whatever. They're just going to go like, hey, it's everybody. They're out for money. And also, I, I do love the unifying that they're actually just crooks. They're not really terrorists. I, I love that. Carl, though, was played by a Russian who defected. Uh, Russian yeah, actually, ballet. And I read yeah. that Jimmy Carter had to fucking intervene, right? Like to get that mm-hmm. to, to, to fly, which is crazy. Yeah. So thanks, Jimmy Carter, for Die Hard. <laughs> um, did you okay so let me ask you guys I, I didn't know anything about that guy besides he was the bad guy in the Tom Hanks movie Money Pit as well the big blonde uh, ballet I didn't know he's a ballet <laughs> star I didn't know anything did you guys like know who he was when he was on the screen when you were kids no I had no idea uh, no no I, okay. I didn't even place him from that no alright so back to crew so who is your guy on the crew Chris who do you uh, ride with was Carl's brother Tony and <laughs> This is a this is a strange pick, but the reason is right. I'm obsessed with the way that he goes downstairs. <laughs> Do you remember Explain, that moment? Please. Well, so like uh, when I, he's going to go down into the basement to cut the phone lines, there's right. these there's these rails, and without missing a beat, he just walks over to him, puts his puts him like in his armpits, and just slides down and doesn't. <laughs> oh yeah, I, yeah totally yeah. I, I I I, my, I was wondering if he's supposed to be like you know he he looks like Jeffrey Dahmer right he's humongous yeah. glasses a <laughs> yeah. really severe haircut are, are they trying to like play up that he's like because he's a little brother right like he's mm-hmm. are they trying to make it seem like he's young his his ballet Thor brother picks on him when he when he cuts the bars is that just supposed to be a little like um oh, I'm a little childish well he's a good character for uh, him to be the first one that John kills because you look at him he's scary looking. But he's mm-hmm. there's also you can tell that he's meek enough to not shoot for all oh, he does shoot first. Who am I kidding? But he's like <laughs> <laughs> he looks like uh, it, it's ambiguous. It's not the ballet guy who comes, you know, running in and is going to beat the crap out of him. It's like, I, I don't know right. this guy's number yet. Also, right. his name doesn't match his um, right. accent. Right. <laughs> none of their names match their accents like marco and tony and they're like what i read that in germany they when they uh dub it and stuff like hans is no longer german and like they have a bunch of like different changes like that mm-hmm. and also you know like i don't alan rickman's a great actor his german accent is pretty all over the place i think right i'm not like the, the master of accents but I'm, it just sounds like him his britishness being kind of filtered in a weird way Dude, it's Die Hard. Nobody cares. <laughs> so that's okay. So that's your favorite member of the crew, Pete. Would you say? I said it's Die Hard. Nobody cares. No, no, no. Your favorite okay. member of the crew. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. That's a good one. <laughs> I mean, you like this crew, right? You're not, you're not saying you don't like this crew, Pete. No, 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 no. His number two. <laughs> his number two is. Uh, I'm blanking on this name right now. But like Ballet Thor. Or no, 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 it was number one, I guess. His right-hand man. Ballet Thor. Yeah, yeah. So, what's his Car- name? Carl. Carl. Car- <laughs> I'm going to say it's Carl. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, Carl, Carl's got to be my favorite. Uh, Carl, Just Carl. Because of yeah. his name alone right now. <laughs> also, I, I bought Carl's menacing. Like, when, he, when him and Bruce go toe-to-toe, I'm like, oh, shit, man. Bruce is in for a fight. Yeah. Carl also, knows, he- Carl's, Carl is dangerous, man. Carl's danger. Mm-hmm. Also, man, like Carl being hung with the, he looks fucking awesome when he's not dead, but you think he's dead at the very end when he comes back mm-hmm. with a gun. Oh, always, yeah. Always good. So Classic I, I like, scene. I like Carl. I'm with my man, uh, uh, Asian mullet guy, Al uh, Leong. Uh, he has, doesn't have a, 
a line. He eats a candy bar. It's really interesting to me, but I just love him <laughs> popping up in the movies. This is this is probably to me like his third greatest performance, really. But it's still, he's my favorite member of the crew. You know what's concerning is that I've known you for like so long, Tony, mm. and this is like you go back to this actor a lot throughout the years of me knowing you. Like you always like randomly bring up this guy, and I'm just like in my mind, I'm like, why does he always talk about this random like actor that's done nothing but a few like cameos type stuff in 80s action movies you know what it is you you brought this up kind of on on, on like facebook to me recently and i was like why what, what is my fucking deal i don't know and i was like oh you know what it is i think it's as a kid he's one of the first guys i'm like oh i know that guy like he's in the background i just kind of kept, kept seeing him and, and i was like i just became really curious it's also like in die hard the very beginning when he's on the plane when the guy tells him to, um he's sitting next to him tells him to make fists with his toes yeah that's, the, that's one of yeah. the dads in monster squad and that was one i was like Something like, I was like really impressed with myself, and of course, no one gave a shit in my household. But I was like, "That's the dad of Monster Squad, who like you know, there's a monster in the closet." And my mom's like, "I don't, I don't care. I work really hard. Like, it doesn't matter." Yeah. So it's I kind of how I, I felt about it every time you talked about this henchman guy. You know so what, Chris? So my um, wife, well, so my wife Jen and I have been watching a lot of Cheers in lockdown, and yes. sometimes I get really obsessed with recurring extras in the mm. bar. To the point that I sort of miss what's happening in the scene. So I'm on I'm I'm on Tony's team here. I get it. <laughs> it's like that guy. I know there's all this other stuff. Like hey, you know, high five Bruce Willis. But like, what's your deal? I know you. Right. And I I inherited it from my mom. My mom's really bad because basically she's like, oh, she ask you a question like, who is that guy? And it's you know a lot of times it's really obvious. And you'll just like say, oh, that's that's uh, Robert De Niro. And she's like, no, it's not. It's some. It's, I know who it is. And like fucking raging bull. Like we're, this is it. <laughs> I wonder if and, that guy's on Cameo. If he is on Cameo, I'm definitely going to get you that for your birthday. No, De Niro? no, no. The Asian henchman yeah. guy. He's still around, man. I looked him up. He's doing fine. But is he on Cameo? I, I, I do not know that, but I just know he's alive and he's probably on Cameo. <laughs> okay, so uh, this brings me to, okay, Pete had a question. I want to see if, if Chris knew what I was talking about. There's a member of the crew. He basically uh, impersonates the front door guy, and I refer to him as Huey Lewis. To mm-hmm. me, this guy has more than a passing resemblance to the the leader of the news. Chris, did you uh, did you recognize that before I mentioned that, or is that something that's just me? Um, I paused the movie and Googled it because I had to know, <laughs> and it's not here. <laughs> but I, no. I thought the same thing this past time. So when I say like once a year since watching it, most of those were in the same few years. So I haven't watched it now in probably five or ten years, but I watched it a lot. If I watched it as much as I watched it in the past, I would probably be up to 100. But like he, he stands out. You really look at it and you think, oh, my God, that's Huey Lewis. <laughs> and uh, it's there's there's an 80s in this to him. He's like, what did I write down? It's like it's the haircut and the jawline. He has like uh, he's he's, he's, he's a little like, bit aw shucks, yeah. but he's also like a wise ass. Like there's a does he, does he have a southern accent a little bit? A little bit. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a bummer because Huey Lewis is actually a good actor, man. Like that that uh, karaoke movie, he uh, he did it. He knew oh, he knew he what he was ki- doing. He killed it in Back to the Future. He fucking killed it in Back to the Future. Two soundtrack songs. Also, he was like, was he like the musical like uh, yay or nay guy for like the prom or whatever? Yeah, he was the guy that was holding the auditions for the music. Yeah, man. I think he, he was, was also the helicopter pilot in Sphere. 
I think. <laughs> you can wow. fact check well, that when you go editing, but like I suddenly mean, it popped into my brain. It might be no the way same that's guy. not true. Because it might no, be the same guy. I don't think anyone's mentioned Sphere since Sphere, Sphere came, came out. out. Yeah. yeah. Except for Huey Lewis is in bars like, hey, you ever see Sphere? Hey, that's that's me. <laughs> I like how he leads with that instead of, you know, the news or, you know, even Patrick Bateman. That that makes sense. Uh-huh. Okay, well, real quick. Okay, so I was thinking, like, Die Hard is a great title, right? But um, Fist With Your Toes, kind of like, kind of like that. Like, what, you think there's a better title for this thing besides Die Hard? Uh, no. Well, I mean, they could have used the name of the book that it was based off of. Right, and I don't even remember what the book's called. Do you guys remember? Oh no! It's like nothing. I'm pretty. It's like nothing lasts forever. Yeah, That's it's, it's, it's like a Bond thing, right? It almost sounds no, like it's a yeah. It's a no, Thor yeah, nothing novel. Nothing lasts forever. Yeah, nah, that's not good. Fist of Toes. Fist. No, that no. would be like if Sylvester Stallone rewrote it. It would be called Fist of Your Toes. <laughs> oh, that would fucking rock. <laughs> Stallone <laughs> like is fist with your toes. <laughs> Speaking of which, real quick, okay, so the movie came out in 88. I noticed that he he name drops uh, Rambo at one point and then also uh, uh, Schwarzenegger. Is this one of the first like action movies that actually mentions the action heroes within it? The, the mm. twin, because I remember in twins, like Schwarzenegger sees like a Stallone Rambo poster and, and like you know, he touches his own bicep and he's reassured and stuff. But like, I think it was twins after this, yeah, twins was after this, yeah. And also Last Action Hero, where you know Stallone looks. Oh, no, Schwarzenegger looks at Stallone and Terminator. Yeah, but that, yeah, um, that's like what five years later or, or yeah, more. And it's also like John McTiernan. That's so yeah. that's a, it's part of the Schwarzenegger saga. But no, I think this might be one of the first ones. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. But I wanted to go back because we never got clarification on this. Where he said what you didn't understand as a kid. So mm-hmm. what did you not understand as a kid to make you want to ask that question? Okay, so the thing I. Uh, I think I finally figured this out a few like a few watches ago, and what it was is basically um, at the very end, I never caught the kind of fucked up symbolism that uh, John's wife basically gets a company watch, right? And so cocaine guys, and when he's talking to John, he's like, "Hey, show him the watch, show him the watch," and he, you know, the watch represents, of course, her independence and her going for a career, all that stuff, right? So end of the movie, of course, Alan Rickman, Hans is grabbing her as he's falling to the thing, and he's holding on to the watch. And then John McClane takes the watch off and he falls to his death and he saves his wife. So it's pretty easy to go, okay, so I, her career is bad. She should have stayed as his wife and he he's there to protect her. So I never caught any of that subtext stuff as a kid. Hmm. That was my big thing. Hmm. Okay. Fair enough. Also, I Han's plan, which is pretty simple now. As a child, I had no idea. I was always surprised. Like, like oh, shit, they get to the seventh one. What are they going to do? It's like the 10th <laughs> viewing. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. The, Power goes off. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Pete, you have, you have nothing? You, you were just like a... a no, voice. well, I, the only confusing part I had is when I read that question, what did you understand? I was like, <laughs> I feel like it's pretty cut and dry here. It's like, <laughs> they want the money at the top of the building. Moving on. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Re- Re- Reginald Van Johnson, um, did you guys see him in this first or Family Matters? Ooh. I don't even know who you're talking about. Dude. Al on the phone, the cop. Oh, Family Matters. Yeah, the yeah, TV you know. Show. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Uh, man, I, I maybe Family Family Matters. I would wager this. Hmm. I don't know. It could be either, but I think it was this. Chris, you disappeared. Hello? Can you hear me now? I, I hear, hear you now. 
Okay. I could always hear him. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you have inferior headphones, Tony. That's probably true. Okay, go on. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, it's tough to say. I would wager Die Hard? Question mark? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I um, As a child, I uh, was like, it's weird he's playing a cop. And now I'm like, no, it's not. It's fine. He plays a cop. It's fine. <laughs> but as a child, I'm like, that's what does that mean? It means nothing. I was looking for patterns. I, you know, I was just. Well, what, what if it's the same character? See, I would love that, but it's not. Because isn't his name Al in Family Matters? I don't remember it, but I don't think it's Al. I, if it is. Uh, if it is, then he's officially playing the same maybe, character no. and he just moved cities. I'm and then we that. could play that shared oh. universe game, like how uh, Full House ties into it. And see, I would I would love if actually Urkel was the kid he shot, and that's what sent him on his terrible <laughs> oh my path. God. You know, and you, and we don't we because you know in the story you don't know what's going on. And the sto- truth is that he was a sick of Urkel, and he's fucking blew him away one day. Yeah, oh that would make it a lot more interesting. Real quick too, also, um, the kids who play uh, Bruce Willis's kids, uh, Lucy McLean, his daughter, looks a lot like Bruce Willis of like you know smaller but more hair. I think that looks a pretty good casting call. Like, did you guys notice that? I did not pay <laughs> attention at all to that photo, <laughs> and I find it a little weird no, that no, you she, paid she so much attention to. No, she talks. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, fair enough. But she's like, come home. <laughs> <laughs> she come on, she she could she got a little nom for that one. That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that was probably like her seventeenth take too. John McTiernan is just like all you have to say is come home, record like, give me, action. Give me one of those come machine guns. Home. Just give me one right now. Let's show the kid what's up. Oh yeah, have you ever heard a director talk about like direct when kids think they're in a either a totally different movie or like a PG version yeah, of what's happening. The, I heard the, the director tricks. of The Witch talk about directing the kids versus the adults, like how they thought they was like a Disney. It's like, oh, what? This is a lot of fun. Okay, breathe faster, breathe slower. <laughs> okay, cool. Edit. Boom. Witch. <laughs> right. I think that's a lot I, of fun. Yeah, I remember like the Close Encounters thing where the kid goes to the door and he has all these different expressions. And they, they actually had uh, Spielberg had somebody on the cast who the kid knew in a monkey outfit, like a big gorilla <laughs> outfit, scared a kid. And then he took the mask off and the kid's like, oh, that's my friend. And so the kid's like in the movie, is like, oh, I see an alien. The aliens are kind of nice. It's this whole elaborate um, mind fuck that Spielberg did to a child for our entertainment. Ethical? Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. I, I'm fine. With, I don't know. That kid seems okay. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> Okay, real quick. Also, this is just uh, this is a minor thing, but it's huge to me for in, in, in movies in general. In in Die Hard, when uh, I feel really bad, uh, John McClane's wife, <laughs> uh, Holly, is that her name? Are yeah. you kidding Hol- me? Holly Gennaro. Holly Gennaro. Thank you, Holly Gennaro. Okay, um, when she's on the phone uh, to pa- Paulina, the maid. And she doesn't say goodbye. I just, I just like to mention that you knew Paulina's name. But Paulina, <laughs> didn't know yeah. Name. Well, honestly, Paulina's been in some stuff. I'm like, I know that face. I was, I almost went down a whole rabbit hole, man. Uh, anyways, <laughs> Paulina made more of an impact. Anyways, so I hate when people in, in movies when they're on the phone instead of saying any sort of goodbye, they just like they go, "That was that's funny," and they hang up. And I'm like, no one's that rude. That's you don't ever do that. Like, well, that's a movie thing. I don't know if I've I, ever seen a movie in my life. I'm not exaggerating where someone says goodbye i want that movie yeah well that's we can, that's a realism i want make it pete we'll you make, make movies do that for me i know i do <laughs> okay. i know <laughs> all right well cool. if you'd seen any of them you would realize that i do have them say goodbye after getting off the phone i thought you said you, they, you've never seen a movie that, that does that 
Well, I'm not including my own films. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's very good of you. Um, okay, real quick. Can we talk about Argyle, the limo guy? Mm-hmm. Is he 12 years old? <laughs> Is he... I think he looks like he's 12 years old. You do or you don't? No, I thought he was just like in his early 20s. I don't think so, man. He's he's a smooth face of a 12-year-old boy who j- maybe just started to shave the smallest of mustaches. Hmm. Chris, no, I'm, I, pretty sure was, I'm pretty sure he was in his early 20s. Chris, how old do you think Argyle was? I thought Argyle was maybe 22. You guys are terrible judges of age. <laughs> <laughs> Also, uh, real quick though, Argyle, I love Argyle. He 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 stole a lot of scenes from me. Um, I also think this is maybe my first time I heard Run DMC as a kid. Yeah, absolutely. This yep. is a great song. Oh, hell mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, Chris, same or nah? Probably. Okay. Okay. So real quick, back to, to Holly Generic. Um, <laughs> Gennaro. Thank you. I'm so sorry. Um <laughs> In her office, there's like a matte background. I was like, is that a really shitty matte background of the city? Or is that supposed to be like a decoration on her blinds? What? I always thought that looked great. Yeah, I still think that looks great. I watched it on HBO uh, Max. I don't know if it was like the, the Blu-ray or this or whatever. I don't know. But it didn't look good to me, man. Do you have motion smoothing? I was... What's up, Chris? Do you have the motion smoothing thing? Or have you turned that oh, off? I, I think my, my thing is good because I, I hate that too. But I think I yeah. said, said it correctly. But um, yeah, that was just like, I was looking at it. I was like, good God, man. It's like, it was worse than like Return of the Jedi or, or one of the early Star Wars. No. Before, you know, Strongly yeah. disagree. Strongly disagree. I've I, always loved that background. <laughs> I did. love that background. <laughs> yeah. uh, I just kind of doubt that that's something that you've really thought about a lot. <laughs> no, I promise you. Ever since I was a kid, I thought that was cool. <laughs> you you had like a t-shirt of the background. Like, yeah, man, it's really <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> Fair enough. Also, real quick. Um, So when did cocaine stop being casually in movies? Like, you know, like obviously the, it was the eighties, but do you guys remember exactly? Was it the early nineties when it's like, okay, if you have somebody, a character that's cocaine, it's like, that's bad news. <clears throat> hmm. Well, I think I, they still have cocaine in movies. That's what I'm saying. But it's always like, you know, the character is definitely like a bad guy or junkie. Or, like this guy, he's a sleazebag, but it's like, it's just like, oh, this rascal, he's doing coke on her desk. And the boss isn't even fire. He's just like, hey, dude. <laughs> and, and and even Bruce was like, you missed a bit. It's just like, okay. Well, I, I guess uh, when cocaine stopped becoming the number one street drug. Do you guys think that Joel Silver is cocaine in human form? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I, yeah, why not? I think, Somebody's got to be. Why not him? I think I agree with myself, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um. Real quick. Like you know, I don't know if this is this is not the first time I, I came to this realization, but uh, earlier in the film when John's talking to his wife, um, whatever her name is, it <laughs> seems like he might not be the best husband. Is that just me? I uh, know that's accurate. That's fair to say. Chris, you know, the, do, you, the th- do you think she um she had any points, or do you think that maybe she should have you know stop hassling him so much and just moved back? Oh, no, she's completely right. And I think the thing I noticed in this movie is him admitting that she's right every chance he gets when he's right. alone by himself. He like, I, I should what, what he's saying to Al over the radio is like, I should have supported you. Uh, yeah. Or like when when she leaves the office after they fight, he's like, real good impression, man, or whatever he says. Uh, he, he knows he's just right. such a spiky New York cop 
that he can't yeah. like in the moment being in the same space, he has to assert himself. But like in the back of his mind, he's like, fuck, why do I keep doing this? Right. So can't even the good, even the good guy is not like, no, listen to me. I was right all along in this case. He's right about everything else. <laughs> like I do love whenever he mentions like <laughs> California, it's like five times. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I get it. You're not from California. Things are a little different, I guess, right? I almost wrote that down for my favorite one-liner. Fuck, it, 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 it gets a little bit more like, oh, like fucking California. Like he's getting <laughs> bowled over by it a little bit more each time. Let me ask you this. I, I had a note. Um, you mentioned that when he's telling Al, like, uh, you know, if I don't make it out of this, telling you know, my wife she was right and stuff like that. I felt he gave Al a lot of information to remember. And <laughs> I, I, I think Al, can you summarize this? Please. Um, is it just me? Is, it seemed like a lot. It was yeah, a lot. It was a lot. But I mean, yeah, it's a movies. It's okay. <laughs> Gotta suspend disbelief for a little bit. Okay. If that's if that's your hold up with all the preposterous things that were happening in Die Hard, then everything else is a documentary. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Okay, real quick. Um, I got a, a little quiz for you guys. Just one question. There are two Ghostbusters alumni, Ghostbusters the franchise alumni in this film. Uh, do you guys know both of them? Uh, Walter well, Peck. Obviously, yeah, but who? Well, the actor. Yeah, dude. Another one. And this guy's. I'll give you a clip. He's from Ghostbusters Part Two. Hang on, let me think about it. Uh, when was the last time I saw Ghostbusters Two? Jesus, that's one that I watch every. No, actually, I don't. I I love Ghostbusters too. Oh, I like it too, man. I just don't watch it every year, you know. There was one of the henchmen where my wife asked, mm-hmm. "Is that Vigo, meaning the painting guy?" You are correct. It is, it is him. Ego. I'm going to yep. tell her as soon as we're done. I said, I don't think so. So I'm going to apologize to her. Yeah, that guy's like, nose, which has been <coughs> fucking demolished. It's, Wait, Vigo is in yeah. this? Yeah. He, he's got a ponytail. He's, just, he's. I think he might have one or two lines. He's just one of those henchmen who's like <coughs> trying to get the C4 or something. He's just He's just one of the wow. bad guys. I never knew that. I looked him up and like, I didn't know he was like a pro wrestler and he's like a bisexual biker badass. He was just, he's a crazy yeah. dude, man. I'm going to find the near CB radio and tell somebody to apologize to my wife for me about <laughs> telling her that wasn't Vigo. It's, wow. it's probably going to be the guy from family matters. He's probably just waiting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll pay him Real- union rate. Yeah. <laughs> He'll take it, man. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so can we talk about Hans a little bit? The groups? <laughs> what, what What is there to say about him? How great is he? Oh, he's pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, this this is Alan Rickman's first film performance. I think. Are we talking about an actor or are we talking about the character? We're going to talk about both, man. Okay. So okay. Uh, as a kid, I, I think I saw Die Hard first, but this and then Prince of Thieves, Robin Hood, it was like, this motherfucker is the best bad guy of all time. Yeah, he's and, the reason and, to watch Prince of Thieves. Yeah, uh, him him and the the scratchy voice guy from The Crow as um, the sheriff or whatever, like <laughs> right. them together are, yeah. are great. But in this movie, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like he, I, I think, I think he's my hero. I think he's my favorite part of the movie, actually. Like, every time he says the word police, police, like policeman, it's like sex. Like, this, he just loves it. He's <laughs> over enunciates and he, pro, he protracts words for no reason. And it's like, you have to be a really good actor to to chew scenery that badly, but be awesome. And I think mm-hmm. he, he, he's like that from this first movie. Yeah, he was pretty good. <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> okay, um, 
I mean, <laughs> when I think Die Hard, that's not the first thing I think about. But you know, that's cool. I mean, he's is good. <laughs> you guys know the story be, be behind uh, why uh, Hans does like the American accent and talks to John McClane and the whole the whole scene. Because oh, he it, was it something John to know who he is? No, was it something like he was doing his American accent on set? Like yeah. it wasn't originally part of it, right? Yeah, and I I kind of I've heard two different versions of it. One version that it was so bad. That uh, someone's like told the director, "Hey, you got to hear this." And then the screenwriter is like, "Oh, well, I've been looking for some reason to get these guys together, but of course they would just shoot each other." And it's like, "Oh, this 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 will this will work." And the other version is like, "Oh, his accent was good, and they they went for it, you know." Oh, so they wrote that scene in because of his American accent? Yeah, yeah, and also because I guess uh, Bruce Willis was still shooting Moonlighting, so there are a lot of times where like they're basically like, "We need to shoot some more scenes with the other characters because we don't have Bruce right now," and you know they're just kind of trying to always figure out new things for people to do. And then as they're buffing things up, they're like, well, we should, it'd be really cool if Hans and, and, you know, McLean had a scene together. And I guess John McTiernan, when they asked him, he's like, well, they can't do that because, uh, you know, Bruce Willis is going to see him when he kills the the boss. And, and then the guy's like, well, have you shot the scene yet? And he's like, no. And he's like, well, can you make it so that he doesn't see Hans's face? And they're like, okay. Hmm. I feel That's like I feel- they really didn't know what they were doing when they were making this movie. Let's be honest. Oh, like they, no. didn't, they didn't even know how they were going to end it. I, I I think it's it's a it's really funny how there are certain masterpieces which are kind of like that. Like Jaws is another thing where like the the shoot was a fucking clusterfuck, but it it all worked out fine. But it's like I think it works out fine like maybe two percent of the time. I feel like it's a testament to how easy actual filmmaking really is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I well, listen, we don't know what the fuck we're doing, but people are going to pay for it and they're going to enjoy it. Do you guys think that this film would have worked if anybody besides Bruce Willis? Do you think you could, you could slot anybody else in there? Or does this kind of like need his charisma, his particular thing? I mean, it would have been a different movie. It would have, yeah. it might have worked somehow, but they would right. have used, they would have structured or structured it around that person's charm. What about another right. 80s TV star, like a Bob Saget or a <laughs> Balky from Perfect Strangers, maybe fucking people up? Speaking nah, of cocaine, I don't see that. Like true, true romance is how I think of him more than oh, Balky. The so like, explodes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about Frazier? What about Kelsey Grammer just mowing people down? I'm I on feel board. like Bruce Willis was a better choice. Okay, agreed that I'm right. Cool. Um, <laughs> okay, so let's just talk about some any any particular scenes that you uh, always look forward to rewatching. You know, you've seen it a million times. You're like I just love this scene. Like anything you you super dig. I mean, what you just mentioned the first time they meet. Yeah, it's just I I love it. I love watching it. Um, and the one I the, the ones I really responded to this time were uh, whenever Ellis or Holly went into the office to talk to Gruber. Like there there was such a I feel like I I didn't know how tricky it is to film an interrogation, even though they're just having a conversation. He's interrogating them. Like you're right. watching what he's looking at and what he's thinking and what he's trying to decide to do when he's just saying these either pleasant things or neutral things. And th- those are the things that I responded more to now. Well, when I was a kid, my favorite scene was definitely when they're that huge shootout where they're shooting out all the glass. Mm. I mean, that's like the quintessential like 80s action movie cliche of just un- like unlimited ammunition. 
It's like it's like five minutes of just nonstop machine guns going off. It's yeah. completely preposterous. Like they don't even like try to have a. I think there's like one shot of like one of the henchmen reloading. Yeah, yeah. He he reloads like one clip and then continues for like three more minutes of just nonstop machine gun fire. It's funny. I think that's only beat by John McTiernan's previous film Predator when they go out into the jungle and just mm-hmm. unload every bullet they have for like three minutes or whatever into yeah. nothing. He really loves that, I guess. Yeah, it, it could it, be hitting nothing. <laughs> but I feel like in Predator, the, the scene was only like maybe like 20 seconds of that machine. You think this is longer? Yeah. Oh, there's 100. It's, the scene is literally like three or four minutes of just nonstop like <laughs> machine gun fire. It's like laughably absurd. And if oh. you but when I was a kid, like when I was a kid, it was there's nothing better. I was just like, oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my entire life. If you compare oh. those in Predator, they're like, I don't know what this thing is, but we got to kill it. So we're just going to lay on it. Um, what's funny about shoot the glass, I wrote this down as one of my favorite action moments, but you don't need that many bullets to shoot glass. <laughs> <laughs> That's neither here nor there, though. I mean, this it is was, the 80s. This is excess. It this was gorgeous. Glass. It's yeah. beautiful. It is a work of art, that scene. But I, I thought that like, mm, it's that's, that's just shooting glass. <laughs> I, also, I've never like I've, I saw like IMDb and I've heard from people like you can spot Bruce Willis is wearing like fake rubber feet. I've never been able to catch that. When he's running at any point, did you guys? See I didn't that? notice. I mean, I maybe if you freeze it, I never it. noticed either. Yeah, yeah. like I've, I've I've looked for it. You know, I'm like, eh, whatever. But um, I'll say this. So talking about uh, best scenes, like you mentioned the 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 talk between Hans and John uh, when they don't know who one another are really. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my favorite non-action scene. And the the shooting the glass that that was contender for my favorite action scene. But my favorite action scene has got to be. Uh, tying the uh, hose around his his waist, jumping off, and then of course the 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 thing falling down and almost dragging him out the window. That's my favorite suspenseful action moment. What are your guys's? Well, I just I just said what mine was. That was definitely <laughs> your favorite. Okay, what's your favorite non action yeah. scene? I'm not I'm not watching Die Hard for like bullshit talking. So. <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know i don't think i ever when i was a kid i ever like listened to them talking was like this is just a well-crafted scene um as an adult you have watched it again though yes pete (laughs) yeah but i still my feelings remain the same i'm just like stop talking more shooting this is die hard okay so chris you're a film critic um (laughs) what what, what do you think man oh well for the action scene um i said my non-action one when they're when they're like in the office in the interrogations the action um, I'm, I'm basing this most on my most recent watching, which was last week, uh, when they chase him into the elevator shaft. I never really noticed that before. I mean, the elevator shaft moment is memorable, but like when he's deciding what to do, uh, it, when you watch as many movies as, as you got to do when you're on a critic beat, you, you start to notice when people don't really know what to do with space. Mm. And even though I have no idea how the architecture of a building works at all. Really. Um, I somehow knew where everybody was relative to everybody else watching him decide what to do. Um, you, he didn't just like jump through it because like, Hey, it's that, that's a door. I'm going to jump through it. He had to think, uh, which relates also back to the hose thing where he doesn't really think about that thing's going to keep falling, whether it's attached to me or not the watching him think and watching the bad guys respond and the reasons why the bad guys do what they do or don't do what you expect them to do, uh, chasing him to the, it's, it's, it's one of the shorter action. See, I think it's when the bullet count starts to go up. Maybe that's why I noticed it too. Um, 
it's it's the first time they're really hot on his tail also it's just a lot of fun right. and then you have a, a non-action scene oh yeah those are the the interrogations oh i'm sorry shit well i'm a really bad okay. listener i'm sorry <laughs> we'll, we'll edit out that part when i'm really bad um no we won't uh <laughs> it's your so, podcast edit out what you want i'm in favor of that i did oh, the same thing on mine um let me ask you this I, like i said i i'm really team grouper I, I i like these guys when the, when oda joy plays and they get into the vault i really kind of wish every time they just get the money and go because I, I they're so happy like theo mm-hmm. and him are just it's Christmas. It's beautiful, right? Oh, like, yeah. I changed my mind. That's my favorite non-action scene. You were just reminded me. I used to, I loved that as a kid. The way right? the music came in. Yeah. I, yeah. And also, I I think that might be at least the first time I remembered Ode to Joy. I probably heard it mm-hmm. in like a Looney Tunes or something. But like that's yeah. I was like, oh, the Die Hard theme. It's pretty good. Uh, the wind in their yeah. hair. And also, they've yeah. been like teasing a mi- like Ode to Joy had played before, but they were teasing like a minor key Ode to Joy at different parts in mm-hmm. it. Like, oh my god, this is so insidious i i love the minor one yeah it's it's mm-hmm. really it's, when i was playing it, I was, I, the first two notes i was like is this ode to joy because i kind of forgot mm-hmm. oh of course it is it's great yeah let me see here so real quick i, I wrote this down in my notes let me see if you guys feel the same near kind of in the middle when uh bruce is going back and forth there's a like a a porno poster kind of put to a wall and he's going in between, like, you know, at one point he kind of kisses his hand and touches it. And I was like, that's a beautiful human moment. <laughs> like, that's the only time I've ever seen, like, a, like a, like, like, porno poster on a wall, like, used like that. I'm like, oh, man, he's, he's still horny. He wants to live. He misses his wife. Like, yeah. And that's, and that's his only friend, like, this chick on the wall. Like, that was, I was touched by that. Just me. I def- yeah, I'd say so. When I was a kid, I definitely I didn't have those thoughts. I was just like, look at those titties. <laughs> on the wall on the phone yeah yeah of course <laughs> i mean i'm laughing but you're right i mean i i, I go between channels like just trying to get our, our like red shoe diaries anything oh yeah exactly <laughs> okay same you era of hbo you didn't even have to yeah. descramble that that's very true like bruce move your hand please but no like he, he he thanks her it's like he thanks her for his every time he passes by it's something else that he had to defy death just happened he's like hey thanks you know, it's yeah, like uh, St. Peter or something or whatever. Saint, what's the one that you thank? Like, thanks for not killing me. I I was Catholic for two years. I don't remember any. Okay. any of them. I'm sorry. Um, St. Playboy poster on the wall. <laughs> sure. St. The lady who was in the car on the White Snake video. Uh, Tawny Katane. No? Okay. Anyways. So <laughs> real quick. What, am I, what I got? I got one more big one I got to hit. Oh, so this this movie's great on its own, but it being mentioned in the Beastie Boys staring down the barrel of a gun, to me, only enhances the film. Like, I almost wish there was a version where they put that song in, which makes no sense. <laughs> right. Wait, so what's the question here? I'm right, right? <laughs> okay, no, let's go. Let's... In- increase songs about the movie in the movie. I'm totally in favor of that. Songs, okay, songs just... that describe the events of the movie. Put them in there. Uh, ex- yeah, expository theme songs. I, I love that stuff. So I think we're going to, real quick, I'm going to mention one more thing, but then we're going to go to like some of our, our, the best one-liners. But real quick, I just want to do the the Big Johnson and Little Johnson. These two guys, like, I know they die in a helicopter and they're they're very dead, but I, I would do another movie with these guys. The guy from Goonies and the other guy. Um, did you guys have any strong feelings toward these characters? Well, that was my no. best one-liner. Was I was going to say, is it Saigon? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I fucking that line. I laughed out loud every. I laugh out loud every time. I, I snort, and it leads to another good one, which is we're going to need a couple new FBI guys. Yeah, the, the Breakfast Club guy kind of comes around. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, when he's like, uh, just like fucking Saigon, he's like, I was in junior high, dickhead. That's, that's yeah. so good because he's like, you, you get so much from that. It's like, okay, they they he either says shit like this all the time or they he is always giving him a little shit. Love it. Um, I okay, got to tell so, a story here. Um, so okay. on my other, on my previous podcast, I used to host because it's called Spoiler Piece Theater. Um, one my one of my co-hosts told the story about Robert Davi, and then we put the fact like you know, here Dave's Robert Davi story, and we put that in the description so it was Googleable. The next week, right. we got a we had a phone number like a Google Voice box that you could call and leave a message, and we'd respond to it on the air. Uh, he called. <gasps> what? And and Did we talked. He didn't. He did talk about his. It, he was just about to go on his singing tour, and the movie what? about his singing was about to play. I think it was Tribeca. Or I don't remember what film festival it was. And uh, we talked to him, and it was on the episode. So, if you mention Robert Davi in the description, and it goes, you know, the SEO or whatever, he'll find it. Dude, okay, that I. If I ever met him, I will not remember his name. I will call him Goonies guy. <laughs> It's like when I met the guy from Stargate TV show. I was like, I don't know who you are. You're Stargate. But well, um, Dave's story, like Dave saw him in an elevator and he was his favorite Bond villain in a not great Bond movie, but he was a great Bond villain. Uh, and he, I think he shouted the name of the character at Robert Davi in a Las Vegas ele- elevator as he walked away and he turned around and he's like, hey. <laughs> and then that was it. That's the whole story. <laughs> and that led to a conversation that made it on the air. That's pretty good. Okay. Um, so Pete, your best one-liner. What do, you, what, do you, what do you like here? Well, I feel like you guys are just lying to yourselves if you're trying to tell me that the best one-liner in Die Hard is not Yippee-Ki-Yay, motherfucker. I mean, like, there's a reason why that's, like, forever, like, famous. I like I the Hans intend. version better, though. That is a two-liner. Ooh. Happens twice. <laughs> Technical. Pete, you have uh, been disbarred. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Fair no, um, okay. So, that I mean, it is the line. And mm-hmm. I think it's actually kind of ad-libbed. I think that wasn't exactly in the script. But let me ask you, beyond that, Pete, is there what's the number two? You got a contender? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> nothing? You, I mean, you, nothing that really I feel like stood out to me as a kid, like that I would like want to repeat. And like when I was playing, like, you know, pretending to be John McClane, there's nothing that I would like repeat thinking it sounded badass to say. I used to always say, and I I don't know much about football and I especially didn't know much when I was a kid, but I was like, Oh my God, the quarterback is toast. I just would say that. And after <laughs> yeah. nothing, I, I would just say it to like my brother who was like looking at a wall. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I have one of those. It's from American psycho or something. I just think to myself, I'm just a happy camper rocking and rolling. I just think that <laughs> my, my other one of those is another Bruce Willis film, uh, 12 months ago, <clears throat> where I, I always want to say, I'm just doing my part to get us back on top. And, <laughs> And it's never really been organic, but I I just want to say that a lot. I also in Weatherman when Nicolas Cage just like, he practically <laughs> sneezes the word like fuck sometimes. <laughs> I, I also like Weatherman. He's like um t- tells his wife like you know you could have a little more enthusiasm with blowjobs. It's just like Jesus. <laughs> Beautiful maybe, movie. We should watch Weatherman again. That's pretty fun. Yeah, that was a good movie. Um, you just got butt fucked on national TV. It's it's <laughs> memorable. That was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of funny lines. There's a lot of good lines. But the question was best one-liner, so. Mm-hmm. 
did okay so speaking of which um i i as a kid that's something i kind of didn't understand i was like give you kaye i was like i think it's cowboy talk but i don't know who roy rogers was or any of that stuff did, did you guys catch any of that stuff as a kid Gary i didn't yeah. know roy, yeah i didn't know who he was until i was a grown-up actually i did i i watched those um with my dad when i was a little kid really yeah yeah that's kind of cool keith was into that stuff that's cool oh yeah he loves cowboys hmm. gotcha. all right um let me think here okay real quick bruce willis I think he's got a great voice. I love the look who's talking. And in this movie, I was reminded like he can, he can, he has a great scream. He's got, he, he's funny as hell. Like he, he can be serious. I think half of his, his work is his voice. The voice does a lot for me. How right here is an asshole. Oh, I heard he's an asshole. Well, you heard, um, there's a movie where he basically plays, uh, he's playing himself and, um, he's supposed to, he comes to a movie set and he's got a big beard and, and he's gained some weight and they're like, like what do you, you don't look like you're supposed to look and he's like no one's gonna be able to tell who the fuck bruce is with this beard they won't be able to know it's me and i i used to think that was like oh he's making fun of himself i guess he's making fun of alec baldwin and there's some some uh scenario so i think uh if you know if you're compared to alec baldwin like they're both pretty <laughs> bad dickheads so that's not a good sign <laughs> well there's uh, there's him in the player you ever see the player the, the robert altman movie um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The scenario is a little yeah. too drawn out to explain, but he plays a parody. He he plays like, oh shit, Bruce Willis is in this movie. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he's in that kind of moment, right? So applause, and so, I agree. Like he, he he does quiet. He does really loud. He does piss. He does sad. Like he, I I think he covers late lately when he's in an action movie. It's like it's just smarm the whole time. Um, that's not his fault. I think he's being improperly used because he's got range. He can bring that to an action movie. I've not seen his last 35 films, but I will say <laughs> direct a video. Right. Yeah. They're, you know, pay death. Dad's mad, whatever. Um, yeah. But I will say, I feel like he's kind of doing like the Adam Sandler thing where he's not trying too hard. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, why would he? Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, just, they're giving him exactly what he wants for phoning in the bare minimum. So just keep doing that. So I, have, I in fact, uh, appreciate him more for doing that. <laughs> really? For, for knowing <laughs> for knowing how to work the system. For knowing he's like, he's like, here's the deal. I'm Bruce Willis. You're going to pay me money, and I'm going to do the Bruce Willis bullshit. It's probably not going to be the best, but it's going to be Bruce Willis. You're going to get what you want. How do you feel about the commercial with him in the in the was it was it for Die Hard Batteries? What the hell? Was it? Yeah, it was for Die Hard Batteries. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, I didn't see the commercial. I I, I sounded kind of. Oh, funny. you haven't watched the director's cut? It's great. <laughs> of the commercial, there's a director's yeah. cut. Yeah, there is Argyle's in it. Okay, I was making fun of it, but now I'm like I'm really interested. Okay, <laughs> shit. Um. Okay, so let me ask you guys. I saw Die Hard one, two, and three, and I've not seen any of them after that. Pete, have you seen all of them? I haven't seen all of them. I watched four and four was actually, it was, I mean, he, sh- to, um, spoiler alert, he kills a main bad guy by shooting through himself. And I was just like, what? fuck me. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what part of his body? His shoulder. He shoots through his own shoulder. Yeah. So he's got like, a, he, he got, he got shot in the shoulder basically. <laughs> And um, he's being he's being held like the classic action movie scene where the bad guy's behind him holding mm-hmm. a gun to his head, right? And he like takes a gun and just puts it in his own bullet like flesh wound and shoots through himself again to kill the bad guy. Wait, so that's even crazier. He shoots through the hole that's already in his body. He doesn't make a new hole. Oh, what? Right? Yeah. Fuck? Exactly. And that's what I said when I watched it. She was like, "Well, this movie's kind of awesome." <laughs> oh, Chris, did you see that film? Was was that scene awesome? It sounds pretty great. 
I didn't see four. I did see five. Um, you skipped? I, I skipped. I was on assignment for five, and I hadn't watched four. I still haven't watched four. And five, he and, he he like he, he goes to Moscow because his son is there. Right. And then there's traffic, and then he gets out of traffic, and then gets into a fight, and then then it just goes from there. Like he gets out of his car because there's traffic, and then starts fighting, and then is like, "Oh, <laughs> you guys are gonna make me fight you too." Like it's it's that. <laughs> Isn't the tagline "Yivikaye Mother Russia"? Yeah. So like wow. the marketing department knew how to channel the humor, but the movie didn't. Right. So that's not the last one. There's like at least one more, right? I thought that I was the last that's one. A, that's the last one. I thought I thought I saw something called McLean. Like it's just called McLean. Like it's, like they're doing a Rambo, John Rambo thing. No. Nope, you're quite wrong. Well, good. I'm glad there's only five. Um, so you guys have inspired me to watch that one scene, and that's kind of it. But you know, in, in four, yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, he shoots. I mean, honestly, it's it's not that. Bad. I mean, if we're talking in the realm of Die Hard, not not yeah. cinema in general, but in the realm of Die Hard, it's a pretty good movie. I mean, we got like. There's, there's a lot of good humor. There's uh, Justin Long is in it, and he yeah. pretty much knocks it out of the park, I right. think. And Kevin Smith is in it, and it's, I mean, it's got some pretty diehardy action. Okay, I'm gonna end on this. I mean, this, this kind of brings me up. You had a good point. Like, I also sometimes judge films like, well, it's a good action film. It does, maybe it's not a great film, or you know, whatever. But there's different categories. So for me, Die Hard is both. Die Hard is a, a great, great action film and a, and a pretty good movie. What do you guys? Yeah. Think? Absolutely. Yes. It's, it's a master pit. Masterpiece. I mean it it created a template, you know. And it has it it has stories at all layers. There's always a reason for why this particular action fight, you know, that then in the action they turn it way up. But there's always a reason. Every single thing is motivated, which is really my only rule for does a movie succeed? Does it hmm. does it does it follow its own rules and does it succeed at what it lays out to do? Um, and that's that yeah. eventually like when I, when you, yeah, when you're watching, when you're reviewing as many movies, you're like, you got to come up with something. And that's, I arrived at that. And now, now that, that, that's how I watch everything. So this yeah, one inv- in, invents new rules and then surpasses what it had to do to be good such that every movie after that became diehard on a blank. So that's, that's pretty damn impressive. I agree. It's uh, it's iconoclastic almost. Um, also, real quick, I don't know if you guys knew this. I did not know this until today. The director of photography for Die Hard is the director of Speed. Yonder Bond. I did know that. Yes. Yeah, I did not know that. Also, knew he found out he got attacked by a lion at some point and it ripped off half his scalp. On Roar. Yeah, did, Roar is insane. Yeah, um, the photo is pretty hardcore. Do you know about that movie, Roar? Um, no. It, me describing it wouldn't do as much justice as if you just watched. It's insane. Um, I won't start going to the deep history. Just Google it. Um, it's this insane project that was trying to be like, oh, lions and people can just live. Lion, actually, big cats in general. So there's these people interacting with these lions and tigers and literal lions and tigers, probably some pumas and stuff. And you're watching the movie and it barely holds together. And it's trying to make them out like, um, you know, just like silly, like live action Disney. And you're just in fear for the actors the whole time. It's nuts. I think people got hurt. Like Jan DeBont got his scalp ripped off. And then they sell the movie as like, look at these cute tigers. (laughs) I'm going to probably watch Die Hard for that one scene first. (laughs) But I might get around to that. But Mm -hmm. um, 
I think we we accomplished a great thing here, guys. Um, I think that we've decided that Die Hard is a great action film and a great or good or great film itself, just in general. Um, Agreed. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you uh, for your time, guys. Chris, really appreciate it, man. Uh, you coming through? You have anything you want to plug? Anything you want to push out there? Uh, I am on hiatus currently, so nothing to plug. Um, just uh, support your local. If you have a local art house cinema or repertory theater or something that uh, has a membership, just join, and you'll be glad you did. Right on, Pete. You want to plug anything, man? Uh, uh, no. no I'm just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my last film the last kiss the greatest vampire christmas horror comedy you will ever see go to peterleon.org to check it out available on dvd blu-ray or digital download on amazon gonna probably watch die hard 4 scene before <laughs> i watch that but oh i know <laughs> awesome all right thanks guys i think we're i think we're good all right i'll talk to you thanks all for later. having me all right thanks thanks chris and thanks pete i'll see you later yippee, yippee, yay, motherfucker. make sure we say goodbye <laughs> we, have, we have to say goodbye though because nobody says goodbye. 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 Oh shit, you're right. Paulina, good goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>